I'm Lisa Stone, and you are listening to Season 8 of Parenting Aces. Welcome to Season 8 of the Parenting Aces podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and this week we are going to be talking about progression in junior tennis, not skipping steps, making sure that your child develops in a thoughtful and logical manner from beginners all the way through the process to a college tennis career, a professional career, or any other way that they want to progress with their tennis. My guest is Coach Todd Whittem, and it's been a few weeks since Todd's been on the podcast, so I'm really excited to chat with him again. He shares some great, great information and knowledge with us about how to help your child through the various steps of junior development. And we get pretty specific in this week's podcast. So hope you find this information useful. For those of you who have become members of ParentingAces.com, I want to say a huge thank you. For those of you who haven't joined yet, I hope you will. Uh, if you go to ParentingAces.com, you can just click on the Join Now button on the right side of the page, and that will take you to the various options. We do have a free option, which gives you access to a lot of our content, but we also have two different paid options, one monthly and one annual with a big discount. So please take a look and uh, please consider joining us. So now I would love for you to just sit back and relax and enjoy this week's podcast with Coach Todd Whittem. Welcome back to the podcast, Todd Whittem. It's been a while. Hi, Lisa. Thanks very much for having me back once again. Well, this week we are going to focus on creating a tournament schedule for your junior player. And we're going to base today's conversation on the junior comp schedule as it currently stands. Those people who are paid members of ParentingAces.com have been reading the articles I've been posting about what's likely coming for 2020, but let's base our conversation, Todd, on what we know as the current structure for USTA. Sure. Okay. So, I mean, you have some pretty strong feelings about choosing tournaments, creating schedules, and I'm going to just be quiet and let you explain to our listeners what you feel is the right way for coaches and families to go about creating a competition schedule. Sure. So obviously it's always dependent on the, on the level of the child, but I feel that this process, it, it, it needs to go step by step. And what do I mean by that is that you really can't skip steps. So for example, if you're playing maybe a level, say it's a level six in, in your, you know, in, in your section and your, and your child is having trouble going far in those or winning those, you, you know, you, you really should be hesitant in bumping them up to a level five, you know, per se, say level, level, a level five is maybe a higher level tournament. And you go step by step by step and, and, and you gauge it throughout the whole process. But, but really the, the, the coach of, of your child should be, you know, should be monitoring this and, and, and really you have to keep progressing and it shows you whether you're progressing or not, or hopefully you're not plateauing or, or, or regressing in, in your tennis development. And um, what I've seen is that a lot of parents, 
and, co- and, and coaches, they, they may skip steps and that ends up hurting their, hurting the, the child in the, in the long run. Well, so just to clarify, you don't mean regressing in the terms of if a kid is doing well in level six, you move them up to level five and maybe for the first few tournaments, they're having trouble progressing out of the first round. That's not necessarily regression, right? No, no. I, I wouldn't say that's regression. I would say that's that's becoming used to maybe a higher level of tennis and, and getting the experience and, and at, at a higher level, which is which is fantastic. That's that's really really the goal um, to keep to keep getting great experiences and and to learn from from your matches and obviously your practices and keep plugging away and and it's and it's a long process. You know, you you have to keep uh, have to keep plugging away in a very disciplined manner and. Uh, and keep progressing. Right. And it it is a long process, but really it's only about a maximum of 10 years for junior tennis, maybe even fewer if the kid starts playing tournaments a little older, right? So once they're 18, that's their last year. And then they move out of juniors into adult level events, um, into college events, whatever the case may be for that particular family. But, you know, it's not, I mean, it it goes by pretty quickly as I can attest to watching my own kid go through the process. So what are the steps and what are the checkpoints that you feel are important for a player to meet before it's time to move to the next level. Well, like we've like we've spoken about probably over the over the last couple of years is that your homework is your practice, right? And and your examination is the tournament. And so every time your child goes and competes in a tournament, that that's an examination of 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 where they're at in their tennis development regarding maybe their, you know, tactic, tactically, technically, emotionally, physically, you know, many, many different things. Um, so, but the results, they never lie. So if your child is, is dominating a level, then they need to bump it up to the next level. And then if they're able to dominate that level and, and maybe win the tournament, then they bump it up to the next level. What you don't want is a child that's staying at the same level, maybe winning too much or not winning enough, and and that can be very detrimental to the the child's progression in in, in their tennis. Uh, you see, maybe parents and coaches that are keeping keeping children in, in tournaments and in, in a, at a certain level, and the child is winning many many tournaments. Well, they need to bump it up, but many times I'm seeing kids and and the parents that they're very happy that their children keep winning and, and, and they're bringing home a lot of trophies and all those things. But really a developing junior player, they need a balance of winning and losing, not just winning all the time. And obviously you don't, they, you don't want them to be losing all the time as well, or else, you know, maybe, you know, maybe there's, there's trouble with the, with their level or, or they're playing maybe too high level tournaments for them. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the, the statements that I've heard you and many other coaches make is, that we have to allow our children to develop a game that will help them win in the 16s, 18s, and the collegiate level, if that's their goal, and not to worry about results in the 12s and 14s. So if that's the case, if, you know, in the 
tens, twelves, fourteens, the child is working on developing technique and tactics and you know their their mental state on the court, their ability to handle conflict and all of that. How do we gauge when it's time to move up if we're not focused on wins and losses at that level? I, that's always been confusing to me. Sure. Well, well, quite honestly, I gauge it on on wins and losses. Um, now, if 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 your son or daughter is in the twelve and unders and they go out and 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 they and they go and they win a title or two, to me, it's time to bump it up to the next level. Try fourteens, right? Then then you gauge it from there. If, even if, if they're even if they're winning with twelve year old technique that is not going to carry them forward into the older age groups, because we see that right, we see lots of kids who dominate in the younger age groups with technical technical and tactical approaches that are not going to hold up as they get older. Right. Well. Well. That's to me that that that's a problem. Um, you know I. Obviously, I don't, I don't, hopefully don't, don't really deal with that. The way that I manage the kids that I've ever trained is that they go step by step. So if they can prove themselves at, at a certain level, then it's time for them to bump it up to the next level. Um, and if they need a lot of technical work to be able to handle maybe a bigger ball or, or certain types of players, then that, that, that needs to be done. Um, but hopefully that that's that's not the case. Hopefully they're progressing and and that they're they're not limited with 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 their techniques or hopefully not not getting injured as they as they start to play against bigger and stronger competition and, and the ball coming faster at them. Uh, hopefully that's not that's not the case. Um, mm-hmm. But really, I think I think the best way to manage it is is by wins and losses. Um, so. If your child is having trouble getting through the quarterfinals of per se a uh, a twelve and under tournament, I don't understand the philosophy of putting them in a fourteen and under tournament if if they haven't been able to to win a tournament in in their age group. And so what I've seen from from my nine years of, of coaching is that is that parents are, are putting their children in, in tournaments because well we don't we don't like to play this type of player or this style isn't good for my son or daughter or they play better against big hitters and they don't play well against kids that hit the ball soft and that's a recipe for disaster i can tell you right away that's a recipe for disaster because for for a developing junior player they need to be able to play against many different types of tennis players to become a very successful player in the future you know, it's interesting that you bring that up and and I, I I've seen it a lot where kids will go out and you know, in practice they they appear to be very strong players. They go to a tournament, they play a kid that maybe just plays recreationally, um, maybe plays another sport more seriously and just decided to try their hand at a tennis tournament so that the opponent maybe has non-traditional strokes, uses a lot of kind of trick shots and things like that. And, and your child comes off the court having lost the match saying, that kid is not even a tennis player. It doesn't matter that I lost to him or her. You know, what do you say to that? I, I, I tell them they need to get better. <laughs> they need to improve. <laughs> <laughs> Quite honestly. I mean, because I see that, you know, as an adult player, I mean, I've played tennis my entire life and, 
you know, as an adult, I come up against people who just started playing as adults and maybe they're self-taught or whatever. And they, they do have those non-traditional strokes and non-traditional shots. And it drives me nuts. I hate playing against people like that. It's very difficult for me to win those matches. And in my mind, I wish I had been forced to play more players like that at a young age and learn how to win against that. Yeah, I mean, like I, like I, like I've said, and, and like any of the players that, that I've ever trained, is that you have to be able to play against all different types of players, not just the ones that 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 you that you enjoy playing. That's that's not reality. That's that's a good practice player then that's not a, a great competitor. Um, so really, you know, if, if your son or daughter struggles against a certain type of player, I'd seek out for them to be playing those types of players all the time until they outgrow that. And I, and I can tell you many instances of, of my coaches making me do that. And, and many times it was with many times, you know, at, at a young age, I struggled with moon ballers. So I always had three hour marathon matches with moon ballers because I was a short little kid and I had trouble hitting through them and had to hit a lot of swinging volleys and it was tough to end points and, and the matches were very tough. And then as I got a little bit bigger and stronger, I started playing some of the adults at my, at my, uh, at the club where I trained. So what did they do? They, they played pretty soft because they, they grew up in an era where there wasn't a lot of power, but they were unbelievable adult players and they were incredible college players. And, and so they played me with a lot of finesse and no power. And it was very difficult. It was, it was painful mentally to be playing these adults and they were drop shotting me and lobbing me and, and toying around with me when I was playing. And, and, and Pierre would tell me, he would tell me that you're going to play this guy every single time he wants to come to the club. And the only way that you're going to start playing the other players that are, that are bigger and stronger is that you have to beat him bad and not, not just barely beat him. You have to drum them. And so that was part of my tennis upbringing. So I grew up playing against players that hit the ball big players that, that drop shot it and junked me all day long. And, and, you know, I mean, that, that's, that's reality is that in tennis, you never know who you're going to play. So you have to be able to pick apart all different types of players or else you're not going to get through a tennis tournament. Right. And so that's the reason to stay at those lower levels and face that type of competition until you're regularly beating them. And then it's time to move up is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. I, I, as we're having this, this discussion now, there were players throughout Florida from when I was coming through around maybe 13 to 15 years old that it took me years to beat these players years. And I would face them in, in multiple tournaments throughout, throughout the year. And they, they had my number and, and I couldn't beat them. And you know what that means? You need to go back to practice and you have to get better. And hopefully in the future, you're now good enough to beat those players. Right. And so, I mean, the way that our current structure is set up here in the States and even, I mean, we can talk about the ITF structure as well, because that's becoming more and more popular with American players. Um, I, you know, what's, what's the approach? Let's say you've got a kid who is in the twelves. Um, they're, they're, They've started at the entry level tournaments, which 
depending on where you live, I guess, uh, could be a level seven, a level five. It just depends on which section you're in. And they're winning at that level. So the parents determine it's time to move up. They move up. Um, they're doing well at the next level. At the next level, they age up. And now all of a sudden they're eligible to also play the ITF junior circuit. What's the decision? What are the factors that go into making that decision? Well, there's, there's definitely financially, it's, it's much different. Um, the tournaments, they, 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 they go longer in, du- in duration. Um, the, the, the matches are usually you play one match per day, maybe a doubles match on top of that. Um, it's, it's much different than, than say a local tournament or a sectional or, or a national. So, some nationals go a week, but many nationals finish after maybe a weekend or, or a third or fourth day. Um, so in terms of, if we're talking in terms strictly of development, I'm not a big fan of ITF tennis tournaments and, and we've, we've had discussions and I'll tell you exactly why is that, ITF tennis tournaments, that's apparently supposed to be the pathway to becoming a professional tennis player. Okay, but the, the, the problem is is that an ITF tennis tournament is, is for developing junior players. They're not professional players. If they were professional players, they would be playing professional tennis tournaments. So all the kids that, that, are, that are going to these, to these tournaments, they may be playing one match a day, and the duration could be that they're on the road for a couple of weeks. Well, if, if you're playing one match a day, how productive is that week? You may have a great week, right? Maybe the child goes far in those tournaments and that, that's, that's all fine and dandy, but did they really become a better tennis player? That, that's really what the goal is for a junior player. How, how are these kids going to become much better tennis players so that they can achieve their goals and dreams? So, an ideal situation, which is not going to, which is going to be not the case for the vast majority of people is that a coach goes on the road with, with their child and maybe the child plays that match in the morning. And then in the afternoon, that child is training, working on their game with a very disciplined tennis coach. That's what the federations do when they're trying to produce professional tennis players. They may be sending kids throughout the world playing ITF tennis tournaments, but there's a very high level coach who's monitoring not only their game and working on things, but also physically as well. They're, they're working on, on the, on, on their physical fitness as well. That's a very serious, well knowledgeable coach understanding that they need to be developing these junior players into professional players. But that's that's a different that's a different scenario when when it's coming from a federation where they have unlimited funds or right. a lot of funds, right? So that's what I'm seeing is a lot of kids, especially American kids, and they're, and they're going out and playing a lot of low level ITF tennis tournaments. And I always ask myself, why are they doing this? I don't well, know. and and let's clarify, Todd. There are levels of ITF junior events, just as there are levels of USTA junior events. So there's a big difference between a junior Grand Slam and an ITF junior level five event. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge it's a huge difference. There, I can tell you that 
here in Florida, might not be the case for other parts of the country, is that there are local tournaments here in Florida that are way, way stronger than going to level fours and level fives. That that's that's ITF level fours and fives you're talking about. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, so and 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 I mean what you see and what I see is there are families out there who have de- made the decision that their child is going to jump on the ITF junior circuit whatever level they're at um the family has the resources financially and time wise for the child to do that they want their child to travel they want their child to experience different parts of the world they want their child to play against international competition and so those are the reasons that they choose to go that route what would you say to a family in that situation that that has the resources to do this why shouldn't they do it or should they Right. Well, I consult with, with many families that of, of kids I've trained that, that have asked me about that. And, uh, and usually I turn them against that because for the vast majority of kids in the United States, they're looking at a college tennis career, maybe, maybe a professional career, but they're looking to go to college tennis. So in my mind, I'm thinking that they need to be at a certain level to be able to enter the door in college tennis. So they need to be playing great tennis and doing very good things from the time they're 16 to 18 years old. Now it all depends on what, 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 what the goals are, are the goals to achieve a very high ITF tennis ranking and, and, and try to play the junior grand slams. And then I have the funds to do it. Okay. That's great. Will you lose out on a lot of precious training time and and everything? Absolutely. You're not a professional tennis player. If you're going to go and travel 25 or 30 weeks a year playing junior ITF tennis tournaments, you're going to be losing a lot of precious training time. So it really depends on how good you want that particular player to be and how produced you want them to be before they maybe have a, a pro career at 18. Most likely not. I mean, the vast majority won't. And, and they'll be going to college. So how good and how produced can that player be before they go to college? So if a kid is dominating in level one national play or level two national play at, let's say, age 16, 17, what is the logical next step for that kid? Assuming college is the goal. Sure. So I'll tell you exactly how I've guided my students and, and the way that I was guided as well, which I think is a great path, is that if your child is 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 doing so well and they're dominating national tournaments or going very far and super nationals and all those things, and they're going to go off and either play pro tennis at 18 years old or they're going to go to play great college tennis, is that it's now time to play men or women. And that's pro pro tennis. Right. You know, basically at the at the lower levels and start getting experience playing men and women, not keep playing juniors. In my opinion, once you've proven in, 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 in the United States, once you've proven that you can really be at a high level and dominate very lo- big national tennis tournaments, it's now time to play men and women. And and if you're going to invest the money, I think that's where you invest the money. But with the World Tennis Tour, the way it stands now, these kids can't get into those events. 
Right. So they can play pre-qualifying of the, of those events. That's, that's their best way. Or in the United States, they're, they're blessed where they could win national tennis tournaments and then have wild cards into professional events. So for example, the student, you know, for for the listeners, they know Ronnie Holman, he's been my student for about four or five years now and living with me. And he goes out and he wins Easter Bowl. And it was a big surprise. He basically had no ITF ranking and he goes out and... And, and he was a non-seed, right? Non-seeded. He was a non-seed. He was in qualifying. He's the first kid ever in the history of the Easter Bowl to go through qualifying and win the whole event. He beat some kids ranked around 20 in the world in junior tennis, and he beat some of America's best players. And that now awarded him a wild card, wild cards into an $80,000 tournament main draw, a $25,000 tournament main draw, U.S. Open junior main draw wild card. Plus, he's at the USTA right now trying to competing with a, a couple of America's best players for more wild cards into professional events. So... He does that. He plays qualifyings of the transition tour events, and uh, and he tries to get into as many main draws as he can. and And we're we're managing him and guiding him so that he's really ready to be playing at the next level, which is college tennis. But he's already been playing professional tennis since he was 16 years old. So, like I've said to everyone, everyone's so surprised. Now, how could he go out and win Easter Bowl? And he does. He doesn't really have an didn't have an ITF ranking now. And now he has, he's ranked 150 in the world after basically one or two ITF tournaments. And I tell them, is it really a surprise that he goes out and wins a tournament like that? Because he's been playing professional tennis for a year already. And then people start thinking, oh, yeah, that, that's, a good, that's a good thing. Right. <laughs> so, right. Right. And, and, I mean, and, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and, and really, in, in his case, what, what, what you really want to monitor is that when he goes out and he plays against men, that he's obviously in a pressure-free environment, right? He's playing top college players or, or professionals that are ranked maybe 400 and, and, and lower in the world. And so that's pressure-free for, for a kid like him. Now, can he then bring that level that, that he plays that he plays at in professional events and bring that level now to the pressure packed arena of junior tennis. That's really what, what I'm monitoring is that it's very easy to play against higher level competition and men knowing that you're still a junior, but then when, when you're playing really great tennis in that arena, now can you bring it to, can you bring that level to the juniors when you're playing against your peers? And Mm -hmm. that's the true test. So for a kid like Ronnie, I mean, and, and I agree, that's a huge test and he passed it obviously with flying colors. Will he play Kalamazoo this year? Absolutely. Because he's going back and forth between playing men and juniors. He's still a junior tennis player. Right. So, but there's also a a big wild card at stake. So there's, there's incentive to play. He'll even play the Super National Clay Courts, which is right down the street from from where I train him. Mm-hmm. So there's there's really no reason for him not to. And and so we're constantly monitoring how well he's maturing and how fast his development is going between playing men and playing juniors. So can he bring a certain standard of professionalism each and every day 
to not only practice, but, but to the tournament as well. So he's been with you, what you said, four or five years. So what, he was 12, 14 when he came to you? He was, he was on and off with me when he was 12 years old, he would come down during his breaks, spring break, Christmas break, those types of breaks. And then he was full-time living with me at 14 years old. Okay. So, I mean, you've been very involved in his schedule, his training, monitoring, all of that uh, for the latter half of his junior career, which is amazing. What happens if a kid comes to you, Todd, at age 16, who has not followed your advice in terms of progressing through the levels at 14, the family decided to start entering ITF junior events, low level events. The kid may win a match, maybe doesn't win a match, but they keep going to those events. Um, maybe the kids from a weaker section in the U S and so the sectional competition isn't really there. What are you doing with that child starting at 16 to catch him or her up to the level that Ronnie's at, for example? Well, it really, really depends on what they need to be working on. Um, regardless of the tournaments that they're playing, it really depends on what, what the goals are um, of that. Well, let's that say, child. let's say it's the same as what Ronnie's goals were, which is to play high level division one tennis. Well, if, if you're if you're struggling in, in, in low level ITF tennis tournaments at sixteen years old, you're 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 definitely behind. I mean no doubt about it. Um, behind in so, terms of high level division one. Uh, yeah, in terms of development. Right, know, but but so I just I, I yeah. wanna clarify because high level division one and division one are very different, right? I Correct. mean they're there are plenty of division one schools where you don't have to be number one in your section or, you know, even top hundred in the country to still play on those teams. So I, I want to just make sure that when we say division one, that, that we're differentiating between the top, let's say 10 or 20 schools and the rest of the field. Right. right. Okay. So I interrupted you. Sorry. Go ahead. So yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there, there, there's, there's many different levels of Division One. Um, if we're talking about the highest levels of, of Division One, the, these are very seasoned players, um, and many of them have pro experience already, regardless of whether they're maybe American or foreign tennis players. They've played at a very high level of tennis to be able to be cracking that lineup at a very high level division one school. So the way that I look at it is that if your child has done very well, um, nationally, then I think that it's great for them to get experience against men and women, not keep playing so much junior tennis. Um, and you know, I can't speak for the other sections, but in Florida, you have tournaments almost every single weekend called men's and women's opens. And so those also offer offer a draw that could be junior players, it could be college players, and it could be low-level professional players. So you get a lot of great practice and, and matches against against those types of players as well. Um, so 
And and let me let me let me interrupt again. I'm so sorry, but for the listeners that aren't familiar with this, in the U.S., those men's and women's opens are listed on Tennis Link. So you just like you go search for a junior tournament in Tennis Link, uh, you would do the same for a men's open or a women's open. You just change the category, and it will populate a list of tournaments in the ge- geographic area and within the dates that you specify in the search. Right. Yep. That, that, that is correct. Yep. So, okay. So you've got these, this kid again, let's, let's go back to my hypothetical player who comes to you at age 16, who's been playing these low level ITFs, ITF junior events has not broken out of the first couple rounds tells you, she wants to play high level division one tennis. What do you do with her at that point? Well, if, if, if they're struggling in, in, in certain tournaments, there's there, I would think that there's, there's things that need to be worked on. So I would maybe kind of have that player not play many tournaments for maybe three months or whatever it is to, to really get a sense of what needs to be worked on so that they can achieve their goals in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really comes down to more of a management of, of that type of player. And then also knowing that time is time is kind of limited at, at that point um, for them to be placed maybe into a college that they would love to go to. Like, like I've said many times, it comes down to management of, of the players and, and, and understanding what needs to be worked on each and every day and really having a checklist um, so that they can keep progressing and making sure that the workouts are very productive. So, so the development process can keep continuing. Right. So, I mean, with a kid like Ronnie, who you've had off and on since 12 years old, you know, it's understandable that given your approach to development, competition, um, off court work, all of that, that he would be successful. I mean, you know, if a kid has, has the determination and, and the willingness to put the work in and has the coach who knows how to guide the process properly and parents who are willing to support all of that, then we would expect that kid to find success at, at a certain level. Right. So um, I think that's awesome. But, but for a kid that hasn't had access to a coach who understands not skipping steps, which is what we've been talking about today, all of a sudden they find themselves in high school and they're behind the eight ball. You know, I, is it, I guess the question is, is it possible to catch them up? And, you know, what do parents need to know? What do parents need to be looking at to make sure their child is able to fulfill that dream of playing high level division one tennis, if that's the dream. Sure. So can they catch up? Absolutely. The basis of my business before Ronnie came on board was a 15 to 18 year old boy or girl that was behind in their tennis development, unfortunately. And so I can I can speak about this, you know, quite quite easily. Is that it takes a lot of repetition, it takes a lot of private time, and it takes a lot of a lot of coaching 
every single day and a checklist on things that need to be worked on to expedite that process. Now, obviously it comes down to finances as well as to what the families can afford. But if you want to catch up and you have this limited amount of time, that that's, that's how I'm telling you that, that you need to catch up. And, and I've done it the first, what is it? Maybe, maybe five years of, of coaching for me was, that was the case I was getting over and over again. And so I've, I've dealt with that plenty of times, but it takes every single day, multiple hours a day and a lot of repetition and fixing and a very organized coach and, and also a child that really wants to do good things and understands that their time is limited now if they want to end up in a certain position in, in college. Right. And, and so you use the word expedited and I want to just point out that expedited just means you're speeding things up a bit, but you're still not skipping anything. You're covering all of the bases that need to be covered in order to help that child reach his or her highest level. Right. What, 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 what I'm strictly speaking about is, is, is training. I'm not even talking about tournaments because you can play tournaments all day long, every week of the year. But if the training is, is not going well, and, and like I said, that you're not doing your homework, which is your training, and you're, you're not studying, which is your, your training, then I don't care how many tennis tournaments you play. <laughs> you're not going to have the results that you would love to have. So I'm not, as, as, as I was talking about how to, how to expedite the process, I wasn't thinking of tournaments at all. Right. And, and I mean, it, sadly, it does come down to finances for a lot of families. And I know there are coaches out there in the world who, if they spot a player who has, a gift and who, you know, has the willingness to put the work in. Sometimes they'll work with them on the financial side of things, but the unfortunate part of all this is if a child has skipped steps from age eight to 15, it's going to cost money to catch them up likely. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Without a doubt. It's, it's, it's not, it's not. And easy. I hate saying that. I mean, that's, it's, I hate it's, that. It's that's a reality though. It's right. a reality for a lot of parents. Like I said, the first five years of my coaching career was that exact case was holy moly where your, your child is, is years behind in certain aspects. And if we don't hit this very hard every single day, then they're not going to end up in a college that, that, that you would love for them to end up in. That's just, right. that was just a reality. Right. So, you have to go about it every single day in a disciplined manner and care for that child and know that you're going to have to spend a lot of time with that, with that particular, particular child and be very, very invested in, in their life and in their tournaments and in everything. I'm talking physical fitness, tactical, technical, emotional, everything to make sure that you can expedite that process and send them off to, to having a a great college career. And again, we're talking about the highest level of division one. When we're talking about this stuff, that does not mean for, for my listeners, I want you all to understand this. That does not mean that a child who finds him or herself behind at age 16 won't be able to play division one tennis. 
there are still going to be opportunities if you're a little more flexible in the schools you're looking at. And of course, y'all know I'm a huge fan of Division Three tennis as well. And there are some phenomenal Division Three schools out there that, you know, would be thrilled to have a child who's ranked in the top 200 in the country. So um, I don't want people to feel discouraged, but I, I, again, I'm trying to paint a realistic picture of what it takes these days to be eligible to be in the lineup at a top division one school. And that's what Todd is talking about right now. Right. Am I, am I saying that correctly, Todd? Yeah. You couldn't have said it any better. I mean, people come to me for guidance and everything. And so, you know, I'm sure you all know me as the guy that'll, that'll give you a truthful response and answer. I mean, that that's really what it takes. And uh, it's it's the basis of my business. That's why people come to me. Right. And it's not cheap. I mean, <laughs> you make a nice living, well-deserved. But, I mean, again, I just I want people to understand that, you know, we're not talking shortcuts here. We're talking extra work to catch a child up, not skipping steps. And so if you are the parent of a 10 12-year-old player who's just starting out in competitive play, follow Todd's advice. Don't skip steps. Have your child earn his or her way up the levels of tournaments so that by the time he or she is in high school and starting to deal with college recruiting, that your child is positioned in the best way possible to have as many opportunities as possible. I think that's really what this is all about. I, I agree that that's really what it's about. And, and you could really help your child by making sure that you have it right at, at, at a younger age, probably say 10 to 13 years old, making sure that their foundation is rock solid for the rest of their tennis career. Right. Right. And again, you know, I, w- I want to just touch again on that, that whole point of the kids who win in the twelves, you know, maybe don't have games that are going to win in the sixteens and eighteens, but that doesn't mean that a kid who is not winning in the twelves should necessarily hold back their progress. So I, can we just touch on this for a second? Excuse me, I have to cough. (laughs) It's pollen season here in Atlanta. It's making me crazy. But um, I want to just talk for a minute because I think this is really confusing and it it always was for me. If if you've got a, a child who is being taught proper fundamentals, proper technique, proper tactics, proper uh, mental preparation for match play, in the, the 12 and unders, and physically that child is small or maybe underdeveloped as compared to his or her peers and is having trouble winning matches, what do you do? Like, at what point do you say, it, this is not about technique at this stage, Um do you keep them in those lower levels until they are winning the matches? You know, even as they're aging up, how, how do you manage that beginning piece of things? 
yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think it's all good. I mean, what, what, what is, what is the goal of the 12 and unders and the 14 and unders? What, what is the goal? You know what the goal is? The goal is to make sure that they're developing so well for this, for when they're 16 to 18 years old. If, if winning is the sole purpose of the 12 and 14 age groups, then you're, you're sorely mistaken in my opinion. That's not, that's not, that should not be the ultimate goal is, is winning. It should be about developing a great foundation. And then when the player maybe develops later on physically and, and emotionally that they have a great game so that everything falls into place. If you, if you take Ronnie, for example, Ronnie at 12 or 13 years old was coming to me and I was preparing him for super national clay courts and his first match in Fort Lauderdale super national clay courts, he lost O and O in 45 minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's not promising, is it? <laughs> not really. <laughs> Quite honestly, every, every parent would, would, you know, or many parents would, would be very disappointed, upset. Why are we spending money? Why are we coming to Florida? What are we doing? Blah, 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 blah. And, 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 you know, I, I would think that's, that's maybe some, you know, normal to be thinking that, but what is the ultimate goal? that the ultimate goal was not to be winning super nationals at 14 years old. The ultimate goal was to be a professional player. So mm-hmm. if that's the goal, then I need you to be great later on. Now it's nice to be good when you're younger and that's, that's all fine and dandy. You probably compete well and maybe you're training well and everything, but there are many kids that, that take their licks at, at a very young age that have to learn sometimes the hard way. Um, in many different aspects of tennis before they straighten themselves out or a coach straightens them out. And so that they can produce great tennis when it matters most, which, which is 16, 17 and on. Right. So, so when he lost that match, O and O at clays as the coach or as one of the coaches at that point, what do you say to him and what do you say to his parents? Well, it's not comforting. Um, so, you know, you know what I say, you know, and, and, and probably what I did say, even though it was years ago, I can't remember, but what I probably did say was number one, you did not apply what we've been training to do. And number two, you played stupid. So guess what? You deserved to get your butt kicked. And, and, and is that what happened? I mean, did he, he went out there and played yeah. differently than what what the game plan was. Correct. He did not follow the plan. So his result, which is a maturity issue as well, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, he did not follow. And so he got what he deserved. And so sometimes you just have to learn the hard way. I mean, it's just uh, welcome to life. (laughs) You know, you don't follow what you've been trained to do and you go out and you, you play a different way or you're unfocused and you're not handling the situation. Well, well, you're going to, you're going to flunk that test. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I, I, I think it's so interesting that that was his, you know, his first tournament with you. And yet the parents said it's okay. Right. That, you know, he lost O and O it's okay. We, we understand that this is part of the developmental process. This was a good lesson for him. 
we're not giving up on you, Coach Todd. We're, you know, we have faith that you're going to continue to help him progress through this. I mean, that's a real testament to them because they were sending their kid to you from the Northeast. I mean, this wasn't around the corner. Right. I can tell you, and and this is interesting, and I've been thinking about this lately, is that the two I've, I've been fortunate to train some some very high level players. Many parents that are listening to this would love their play, love their children to get to the level of 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 a bunch of the players that I've trained. But the top two players that I've trained, I rarely ever spoke tennis with their with their with their parents. Rarely, maybe once or twice a year. And this is going to be maybe surprising to the parents that are listening to this is that they totally delegated. The, the job to me and said, Todd, here's my kid, take care of it, which is, which gave me complete freedom to do what I thought was in the best interest of these particular children. And it worked out quite well for them. So and, there, there uh, was a level of trust there. 100%. 100. How, how did that come to be? Well, I think that they realized that, they had someone that was going to be fully, you know, fully invested in their, in their child's tennis career from, from the first day that they walked through the door. Mm-hmm. So, and that, that's the feeling that I had when I came through the door with Pierre and his partner when I was six years old. Right. So, you know, that's, that's how these parents felt as well. And one of them told me as, as one of one of the boys, his, his, his college tennis career is, is coming to an end now is that his father said, the best thing I ever did was I never got in your way. And I said, yeah, we, we, you know, you gave me green light the whole way. And so I was able to do my job 100% to the fullest of my ability every day. Mm-hmm. So that, that was a nice, very, these are very nice situations for me. Right. But not all coaches, garner that level of trust with the families they work with some for good reason. Some just don't have the skills to impart um, that level of trust with the families, right? They, they may be completely trustworthy, but they don't know how to communicate that to the family. So that's a challenge. And I think, you know, in the work you're doing, Todd, you have found a way not only to, coach tennis well, but also to communicate well and to, to kind of, um, put yourself out there in such a way that people understand that you are there 100% for these kids and to help them attain their highest level. So, I mean, that speaks very highly to your skills on and off the court to be able to do both things. And I think it's rare for coaches to possess abilities in both areas. That's a compliment. You can say, thank you. Yeah, no, <laughs> thank you. you know, I'm thinking, you know, I mean, what, what, what I'm thinking right now is to be able to get to a, to a, a very good level of division one tennis or a high level, or maybe professional aspirations and dreams there are so many things that have to be in place for these kids to be able to achieve those incredibly high levels of tennis 
that to me, the coaches have to understand many different aspects of the tennis, right? Not just technical, not just tactical, not just footwork, not just fitness. There's so many things involved, right? Emotional. There's so many things involved so that these young adults can produce great things. Right. And the only, to me, the only way to, to be able to achieve that is that you're, you're really heavily involved in, 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 in their, in their tennis and obviously in their life. Mm-hmm. That's just, you know, I don't know any other way really. Right. Well, you're doing a fabulous job and congratulations again to Ronnie and to his parents and to his coach, Todd Whittem and to all of the kids that work with him. Um, it'll be fun to see how he does with these wild cards coming up. I'll, I'll be anxious to follow his progress over the next few months. I think it's, it's really exciting. And just to go on record, I was not shocked that he won Easter Bowl. I was not shocked in the least. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised either. In fact, I told him, I said, you have a chance to win this tennis tournament. And, uh, really the, the real test, as I say, you have your homework and you have your test. The real test was how he was going to be able to handle that many matches emotionally and physically. That was the test. So he passed the test. That's really what it came down to. And the pressure of playing his peers. I mean, that's emotionally right. I mean, to me, that's, that's a really big test for, for any junior player. But I mean, I, you know, I think it's, it's like you said before, you know, going to these uh, professional events where you're not expected to do well is very different from competing against your peers where, well, I guess in this case, given that he was in qualities, there really was no expectation on him either. People just didn't know, but he knew that he was expected to win and his coaches knew that he was expected to win. So he had that pressure, even though his peers may not have exerted it on him. Right. Right. And and, and really when, when, when I, when I was watching his matches on the live stream and, and Pierre was out there with him was, was basically he was beating players that he had never beaten in his whole life. Okay. I mean, these kids grew up together from when they were munchkins, little kids. Mm-hmm. And so now it's happening where he's beating players that, and, and like I said earlier in the podcast that it took me years to be beating certain players in Florida. Well, it's now taken him years to be beating certain players that he grew up with. And at 17, now it's becoming a reality. So that that's what, that's what I've been talking about the whole time Sure, is that, you know, now it's a big rude awakening for, for, for him that, you know what, I've, you know, I'm, I'm here and, and, and finally I'm beating players that I've never beaten before. Well, and I think it'll be interesting to see how things are, if they're different once he, I don't know, is he playing clay courts again this year too? Yeah. He will play clay courts. He'll play Kalamazoo. He'll play some pro events. Yeah. Well, so once he goes to that next big junior tournament, now people know who he is. 
um, mm-hmm. know what to expect. So there's a, a little bit different pressure that will be on him. And so it will be interesting to see how he manages that challenge, which, you know, given the fact that you and Pierre are working with him, I, I suspect he will do just fine. So it will, it'll be fun to watch. It's part of the growing process, whether he passes the test or he doesn't. Right. <laughs> what it is. Right. It is what it is. Exactly. Well, Todd, thanks so much for coming on and chatting about all this. And um, I think this whole notion of making sure that you don't skip steps in development and in tournament play is so crucial. And it sounds really simple, but it's amazing how many players and coaches don't subscribe to that mindset. You know, there it's all about how do I get my kid to nationals? That's all they care about. And instead of making sure that they're working their way up the levels, there are levels of tournaments for a reason. Um, it's not just completely haphazard. I mean, it is a progression and, and as families and as coaches, everyone needs to work together to make sure that the child is, is, following the progression in a logical and thoughtful manner. So thanks for all of your insights, Todd, and um, really appreciate you coming on again. Thanks very much, Lisa. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on once again. And to my listeners, Todd's contact information will be in the show notes on parentingaces.com. So if you have any questions for him, be sure to check that out. And in From now forward, I want to thank you all for listening to the Parenting Aces podcast, for becoming members, subscribing to the site, which I hope you've done, and uh, just for continuing to support our efforts in helping all of you navigate this crazy journey that is junior tennis. So until next week, we will see you on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll share the podcast with your tennis community. For all the information you need to navigate the junior and college tennis journey, be sure to check out parentingaces.com.